Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. No Luke Anderson this morning. He is out on vacation. Ryan Buckley filling in for you along with the other half of the Sinner and the Saint, the regular half of the Sinner and the Saint. Will Darkens on the other side of the glass. How are you, Will? Oh, I'm doing this great. You know, this is the, uh, this is the Buck and the Saint. The buck and the saint. So you are the saint in the center in the saint. I am the saint. And the only reason they gave me the saint moniker was just because I was a pescatarian. Am oh, so that makes you a good guy? That makes me a good guy. I eat the fish. Oh. Giggity. <laughs> okay, then. So interesting. And that, what does that mean Luke eats? Uh, he's just about meat and cheese and beer. You know, guy stuff, meat, cheese, beer, Those American flag. Gluttonous sins. That makes him a sinner. Garth Brooks concerts. Oh, Okay. What, what were you also called? You were called a neurotic sociopath in the open. Was that right? Something like that? Uh, neurotic. Oh, neurotic. I heard erotic. And erotic, I'm like, that's yeah. an interesting thing to put in there. No, that's okay. I mean, you know, erotic, my wife would tell you, not so much. <laughs> but I take it. Well, listen, we do have a radio program today. And for the first time in a long time, we have a ton of sports to talk about, real sports, sports that happened. I'm looking at my trusty note sheet over here. Yeah. And you know what I have written? Uh, blazers. Yeah. Blazers. Yeah. Blazers. A lot of Blazers. There will be some other stuff, but we have Blazers basketball to talk about. It came back yesterday. It was awesome. Well, I think the most important thing to talk about at this point is the fact that you're wearing a Rio Olympics hat. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if that's the most important thing to talk about. This was a freebie from my former employer. Yeah, it is in the moment because I'm not going to lie. You you didn't go to that Olympics, did you? No, I did not. No, go. no I did not. You, so I, I you knew people who did. hat about an event that you didn't go to. Mm. Yeah, well, so <laughs> that brings up an interesting thing, though, because I think it's still better than the I bought a T-shirt in this city and I'm still wearing it in that city as I'm visiting it. You know, the people... <laughs> who buy like buy the iHeart New York shirts yeah. when they're in New York and they're like, well, I'm in New York. I've got to wear it. Yeah. No, and, and that's what I'm saying. W- with apparel that is specific to events or places. So people are going to be like, did you go? And I'm like, no. Yeah. It was a free hat. And see, that's the thing is like, you're going to start the conversation. And I want to know, 503-250-1080, fan text line. I want to know, what is the rule for other people about wearing events and places for apparel like do you have to be in the place and like what is just totally off limits because i saw your hat and it's beckoning me to ask you oh so you went to those olympics because i'm not gonna lie i haven't really seen too many olympic hats before right well and the other thing is i think you might be um in more of a unique position than you actually believe yourself because no one has ever asked me if i've been to the olympics while wearing this hat and i wear it a fair amount it's like it's kind of a obviously you out there can't see it it's kind of an athletic hat i wear it like 
golfing or working out or like uh, out on a hike or something like that. So it's kind of a weekend hat for me. It's just a, uh, I don't want to say it's a throwaway, but a little bit, but I never get asked about the Olympics. See, for me, it, 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 I don't know what age it was. I want to say maybe my late 20s. I started shifting away from wearing uh, clothing or stuff that like had a specific message to it because I felt okay. like I was really putting myself out there too much. Like, I'm not going to wear a shirt uh, that celebrates like, I don't know, some some like some conference i went to yeah like well, i went to an intercom conference and it had like the name of the conference on the front of the show i'd kind of be like yeah i'm not wearing that and dated materials are particularly uh interesting because if you start wearing the uh intercom conference 2011 yeah. and it's like and you're and we're in 2020 you're like dude it might be time to recycle that t-shirt yeah. and throw that bad boy to goodwill what are Either you still that doing or there was something really dope about that 2011 conference right it, it holds some nostalgic thing for <laughs> for you but uh <laughs> yeah and, and actually it's funny this this exact ca thing came up with a shirt design for a group that i was in and it was in 2011 we were going to knoxville tennessee to watch the ducks play i think this was 2011 oh, dude you didn't and well, I can I can listen, smell a pun. Listen, listen, listen. No, oh no, we there were there were no puns. We had a buddy who made T-shirts, and this was one of my favorite T-shirts for a long time. They just said "quack mf'er." That's all it said in on the <laughs> on the front in, in Oregon like font. It was like with Oregon font, yeah. black shirt, yellow lettering, quack, and just quack in like in big letters, and then other underneath it mf'er. And a bunch of us bought this shirt just to for this before this trip, and I'm like. This is going to be awesome to wear for years to come. Well, on the back, it had the date with the month and day of Oregon. It said Oregon versus Tennessee. It was like commemorating the trip. I'm like, well, this is dumb when I want to wear this in 2016. Yeah. Now I got to be like, here's my six-year-old T-shirt that I still think is funny. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think the only time you're good to wear shirts that literally are dated, meaning like there's dates on them that are in the past, concert tees. Oh, I, I was also going to say, if you've won the championship, like I, I have, yeah, but I think you I have quit Warrior, that. Warriors 2014, 15 uh, NBA finals champs hat. See, I mean, like dude, that. I think you got to knock that stuff off at some point. Well, and I, I'm not telling you to knock it off, but I am telling you, you got to knock that off at some point. So just stop being champs at some point. <laughs> Don't remind everyone when it was. Yeah. yeah the, the, uh, the agony is too much. Well, we'll, we'll do our best to, and uh, see, that's something I would say you. too. Like, like you as an Oregon fan, like if you guys had won the 2011 national title mm -hmm. and you came in here and I like saw you and you had like a 2011 national title hat, like half of, of my gripe about it is like, dude, don't wear dated hats. The other uh, gripe is like, Hey, don't remind me of that. Like screw you and your national title. You know, what's really funny is when you get into the, um, the less significant dated events. Like I, I, someone gave me as a gift, I went to this game, so it was it was nice. But uh, Oregon Ducks 2013 Fiesta Bowl champion shirt. So it's it was like I mean, and it wasn't a BCS game or anything. It wasn't a playoff. Did I have quotes underneath. Woo! It's, you know what it said? It said won the day, and it was like, <laughs> and then it, but it has a little Tostitos logo yeah. on it. It was the one that DeAnthony Thomas returned the kickoff, the yep. opening kickoff for. Um, so, but it's also I give a little bit of pause every time I think about wearing it. I'm like, eh, seven years ago now. I yeah. Don't know. Well, especially because your fan base was totally apathetic to that game. At oh, least yeah. I felt like. Yeah. Like, you guys totally felt like you should have been in the national title. That I forgot who you lost to. It was either Arizona or Stanford during the season. Uh, that season, I think it was Arizona. Yeah. And that you, you should have been in should have been in the national title. But it's like, I think it's interesting when teams get to that point where they go to, like, really meaningful bowl games, and then they consider it, like, a conciliatory prize. Like the Fiesta Bowl, like the Fiesta Bowl at that time was still like, and I think today it still is considered like a, a New Year's Day game. Well, it's, or, it's yeah, it's considered like a good game. Yeah. I mean, that that's why some friends and I actually went. We're like, yes. like New Year's in Arizona. That sounds fun. Yes. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. Well, I do only think... say that as a as a fan from a team where it's like, if we even got there, like I'd crap my pants. Now like, would, that would be insane. Would you wear NBA dated bubble apparel? Ooh. NBA dated like if you if, if it was like you know NBA the bubble experience 2020 would you would you rock that? Oh, man, the shirt would have to be kitschy. 
Okay. Like I'd have to have like you remember those shirts back in the nineties where they had like uh, title winners and it was all the cartoon faces of the team. I have one of those. They they remade <laughs> one for the Warriors. I have one with all the Warriors faces on it. Like if the Blazers won the bubble title and it was the the roster. I love those shirts. Like all of them in a row, but then like a bubble over them. Yeah, I'd probably. Oh, wear that'd it. be cool. I'd have to wear it. That'd be cool. Yeah, like, I think like the famous one that everyone had a poster of was the Dream Team. Yeah, uh, and like everyone had that on a T-shirt yep. too. Yeah, yeah, I forget about those when they used to do that. I wish they would, and when obviously they did bring it back, but I want them to bring it back like every year where they have the cartoon caricatures of of the starting five or the whole roster. Right. I don't care. I just love that. I thought that was cool. I like that too. I, I in general, uh, I am pro cartoon sports apparel. Um, we need to get into actual sports though. We got to talk about the Blazers. They had uh, their first game of the NBA restart yesterday after things officially tipped off on Thursday. They gave us a thriller. They played to overtime against the Grizzlies, a team that they are going to uh, need to overcome in order to get to where they want to go. And uh, we will continue to talk about that coming up next. You are listening to the sinner and the saint on 1080, the fan. You can reach us on the text line 803, or excuse me, 503 250 1080. I still get hung up on the old text code 503 250 1080. Text us about, uh, dated sports apparel but also your first thoughts on the blazers we want to know how you thought they looked and uh, what you took away from that game we'll talk about it next on 1080 the fan welcome back in ryan buckley filling in for you today on the center and the saint luke's still out on vacation but will with me here on a saturday morning as he always is gonna get to some blazers talk we will wrap up our previous dated apparel talk though someone points out on the text line it was the Stanford game from the previous season where the Ducks ended up in the 2013 Fiesta Bowl. That would be when D'Anthony Thomas didn't throw a block for Marcus Mariota in the first quarter. And, and hence why he's a failure in the NFL. Well, he's not failing. He's opting out for $150,000. Oh, well, that's... Yeah. Um, but just to wrap things up here, the other thing, somebody here, on, and I think this is an interesting way to commemorate Someone says they have T-shirts from this year's Pac-12 basketball tournament. There was one Beaver game, and then the rest of the tournament was canceled. So you would you'd be having your apparel from a an event that basically didn't end up existing. That's kind of unique. That is kind of unique. I think that there is kind of those collector items of apparel. Of course, the most famous one are the... Um, the 2007 Patriots Super Bowl winners yep. T-shirts that went to some other country. I think if you can get your hands on those or one of those, you could probably sell it. Yeah, I had a friend actually who was doing some traveling in Central America backpacking, and he came across somebody wearing an Oregon Ducks national champions hat the year that they lost to Auburn in the national championship game, and he wanted to buy this hat off of the person that said the Oregon Ducks won the game that they, in fact, lost when Michael Dyer was not down. And oh. the guy, the guy wouldn't give him the free hat. I don't do that. Let's get into the Blazers, though. Oh, we, just one more. We all know that okay. uh, Will has a Lake Oswego Lakers Three Rivers League champion T-shirt. Oh, do you? I I think I probably did at some point. I had I brought with me to college a 2003 East Bay Athletic League baseball champions <laughs> shirt. My roommate thought it was like I mean you know how you like kind of swap clothes with with people. Oh, do, you, yeah. do you do that after you have sex with him? Yeah, exactly. Well, no, he would, he would, he would always be out of like fresh laundry. He would grab this t-shirt. He's like, Oh, it's my favorite t-shirt of yours. I'm like, wait, <laughs> hold on a second here. So this guy who didn't even go to my high school, let alone my league would be walking around Eugene in a 2003 East Bay athletic league baseball champ shirt. <laughs> See, dude, I think you made a grave error. Like, you can't bring your high school championship apparel to college. I didn't know that. Dude, I, I think that's the first thing I'm telling my kid if he goes to college. I'm like, no, no, see this? All these champion hats and all that. No, you got to leave that here. We'll yeah. keep it in your room. It'll be safe, but you got to drop that crap. The worst is, I, I think, is the Letterman jacket. Did you ever, did you oh. see? I saw some kids in dorms when I first got there wearing, oh. still wearing their high school Letterman jacket. I'm like, that's not Oh, gonna, dude, mm. you're, no, you literally are College Letterman, sure, but. No one's earned that oh, yet no. as a freshman. So no, no, uh, you're putting a target on yourself. Like seriously, if I would have seen somebody with their high school letterman, like coming into the dorms at Finley in Corvallis, I'm not one to instigate violence, but in that situation, we got to pound that little frosh. <laughs> hey, freshman, I'm a freshman too, but what you're wearing is pissing me off. <laughs> I'm going to beat you up. 
You're just the rule maker as far as freshman apparel is concerned. That's right, man. I walked into dorms day one and I made the rules. I didn't even go to the introductory thing where they tell you like you can do this, this, and not this, but this. Oh, so were you like the bad boy with a microwave I in his was, room? That, that's right. I was the bad boy with a microwave <laughs> who never used it because that's where he put his beers. Oh, the secret beer storage compartment. I think we all thing, had one dude. of those. You put it in the microwave. Nobody's gonna open the microwave. It's true. That's it's a good idea. Stinky. I- that's a good idea. Hmm. Now I'm trying to think of what the beer best beer hiding places would be. If you have those in a dorm, well, yeah, in a dorm, or if you're, if you're just not supposed to have alcohol. Not in a dorm, that means that you have a drinking problem and well, you're hiding it from people. Well, that's true. Yeah, I don't want to take it down that road this morning. I'd rather make it cheeky. Where did you hide your beer in your dorm room? Where did you hide your beer in your dorm room, or even from your parents in high school? Sure, that too. Text us five zero three two five zero ten eighty. But we got the NBA back. It is back in full swing. We're actually going to get a tip off here in about 40 minutes from another game in the bubble. But yesterday, yesterday afternoon, matinee game, the Blazers Grizzlies Blazers beat the Grizz in overtime. 140, 135. CJ goes for 33. Dame goes for 29. All these guys played a lot. The Blazers only had an eight man rotation. CJ played 46 minutes. Dame 45 minutes. Nurk played 33 minutes. Um, I loved a lot about what I saw in this game. One, just to kind of have it back and to have a sporting event that I cared about and I was a little bit invested in. But also, I thought overall, the product and the game itself was pretty good. Yes. Now, we're going to get it out of the way immediately because uh, this is something that I'm sure people will start getting on the text line about. But Jordan Kent, yay or nay? I was yay. And the reason, and I think... It's a really difficult thing to make your first foray into that role. And Especially so I, I think, with the considerations that you're replacing a dude who yes. quit like, abruptly, and it's a friggin' telecast. You're not even there. So my biggest thing for play-by-play people is you need to be able to follow the action. Yeah. If you are just kind of generically having conversations, not telling people what is happening then you're not you're kind of ignoring the most principal part of your job. And I think you see that with guys who have been in the business for 20, 30 years. They're kind of just talking about whatever they want to talk about. And they're generally throwing in, oh, this guy for two points or, or whatever. Mm. I thought he did a really nice job keeping up with the action. I think it's also clear that he's not 100% comfortable in the role yet. But I think that it's not a binary thing where he either has it or you don't. I think that he did a really nice job considering the, the first time uh, that he was kind of in that big chair. And I think he's going to get better. He's a, he's a smart guy. He's an ambitious guy and an energetic guy. So I, I think it's going to only get better. But I thought for his first NBA broadcast, I thought he was great. I thought he was really good too. And I think that he was a compliment to what the situation was, which is the fact that you have no live audience. You're getting piped in crowd noise, which for the most part I thought was I, I thought it worked well. It was okay, but like, I'm okay with it. Uh, I think uh, Jordan Kent played well into the whole atmosphere of a game, which was it was the players bringing the intensity. That was the cool part, dude. The fact that you didn't have a crowd to actually get guys pumped up because I, I mean, when I played in college, right? Like when you had a crowd, when you had your home crowd with you, it would give you that type of energy. Yeah. For NBA guys, I think that's still the case, even though you're a professional and this is day in, day out, nine to five kind of stuff for you. But like, I thought, you know, all the techs that happened, the Gary Trent Jr. tech, the Zach Collins tech, the CJ tech. A little much. Which, by the way, I did not understand the Gary Trent Jr. tech. That one was kind of beyond me. I think that was a we don't want emotions to escalate late in the game tech. I don't think I don't think that was as much on his action as we're trying to keep this thing under control. I mean, all he did was like put the shoulders up and kind of like walk. A little bit into the guy who who well who there were the words afterwards but he's saying i was saying those to myself i wasn't saying those to him yeah so who, i don't know what he said and that that would be one of my only gripes is that we in a completely empty arena we still don't know what these guys are saying and i know yeah, you wanted to hear some of the nasty stuff well and i actually I, I will say i don't even need to hear the nasty stuff as much like i i want to hear what they are talking about what they're working the officials about um what their issues are on the last play with their with their teammate. You were supposed to go here. You missed that cover. Mm. Like, whatever it is. And, you know, I, I don't... You can't just go live mics because it's not going to work. You heard how much muting there had to be for yeah. some swearing and things like that. And it's not so much that I need that, but what I feel like is happening now 
is that you are turning up the crowd noise a little bit. You're muting out a little bit of that. And we are missing out on what would have been one of the most obvious things we could take away from the game is what these guys are saying when they're on the court. I mean, the crowd drowns out so much of that ordinarily. We should be able to pick all of it up. And I'm not saying that the broadcast should be focused on that or that we should be hearing all of it. But there's so many instances in that game between those battles with CJ and Dylan Brooks early on or, oh, yeah. or that, you know, that Gary Trent bucket late and him kind of bumping jaw. Like, I want to hear what went down there. I mean, especially if it wasn't anything that like if he didn't swear or didn't really earn that tech, well, tell us, show us what he said. Let us hear what he said. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm going to go to uh, the Sinner and State at 1080 poll. Uh, that we have up right now. Your favorite part of the Trailblazers opener Friday was uh, options, CJ scoring in bunches, Nurk back on the court, sweaty Zach Collins, which by the way, Zach Collins looked especially sweaty. You brought that up to me this morning. You're like, what did you think of sweaty Zach Collins? I'm like, I thought Collins looked great. You're like, but no, wasn't he extra sweaty? He was super sweaty, dude. Well, he's in Miami, or not Miami, he's in Florida. I, I'm guessing that the AC should but take But usually, like, Collins is probably the best of any Blazer I've ever seen at, like, not looking sweaty. But somehow he looked sweaty. See, he to me is the guy that um, it's not so much that he never looks sweaty, but he still looks put together when he's sweaty. Yes, that's you know it. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. The, 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 like, he looks like he just got out of the shower. An, if he were an NFL quarterback, he'd have the best post helmet hair. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, other option was the team technicals. And so, you know, you're talking about CJ and everything. And I, I think. And what do our results say so far? Uh, well, everybody's saying Nurk back on the court. Okay. Because that was pretty cool. I, I like to go for CJ back uh, or uh, CJ scoring in bunches because there were some of those plays that he had. He played a complete game. Like yeah. he filled in for the fact that Damian Lillard couldn't score a three pointer until the second quarter. And we kind of saw that coming in the beginning of the game that Dame was shooting and he was a little bit cold. Mm -hmm. He was making some of those drives and he was distributing pretty well, but you knew it was going to be one of those games early on where for some reason, friggin' Valanchunas was scoring like a lot for in Memphis. bunches. Yes, in bunches. And you knew it was going to be one of those games where it was like in the playoffs last year, where CJ is like in game seven of the Denver game, right? CJ is going to have to step up. He's going to have to take on the scoring load early, and he's going to have to do something to try to sustain until Dame can actually catch fire. And he did that. He did that. And he was a friggin' force in overtime. That first three that he scored was just like the tone setter. It was like, okay. We're in control of this game. You're a young team who's good, but you're not here yet. We know what we're doing. I felt like what they had done last season against Denver in the playoffs was exactly the type of experience they carried over to this situation. Because I almost I, I wipe out the whole series with the Warriors. I you know, they were exhausted, whatever. But like that series with Denver, I think carried over into what you saw yesterday, which was the team that had their backs against the ball late, was completely calm ran their game, and they ended up with the win. The other thing that I liked that that made it feel like almost like normal sports game, I mean, you kind of allude to it, but they made big shots yesterday. Not, oh, not yeah. just CJ, but yeah. like Dame made a big bucket. Mello made some huge buckets. Yes. Gary Trent Jr. made a couple big buckets. I mean, Dude, and Mello's there was a free throw towards the end. Too. There was a big time clutch element about what they did yesterday, because honestly, they faltered when I thought they had things totally in control, like watch like Gary Trent Jr.'s three before halftime. Mm. I'm like, they, I mean, they had all the momentum going into that. Look at, I just lowered my chair as I was talking with my calf. That was, I know, that was pretty badass. Um, but Gary, <laughs> Gary, I thought you did that for effect. <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. Hitting that shot before halftime, putting up eight. I think it was, yeah, yeah. um, I thought they were maybe going to roll from there. And then Late third quarter, they got started getting so sloppy with the Dude, basketball. That's Blazers, though. It is, but yeah. here's the thing. I feel like more often they have not had answers on the defensive end, mm. and I actually thought they looked pretty good defensively yesterday, and their big Achilles heel was just that they were having a ton of empty possessions. It yeah. seemed like they were looking like when they weren't turning it over, they were scoring not at will, but scoring pretty efficiently, and they were staying in front of John Morant. They were doing a pretty good job keeping – you know, once they got Valanciunas in check, um, there wasn't really anyone who was going off against them. It was that they just kept having these turnovers that led to points the other way. And once you clean up that sloppiness, I really kind of like what they did at both ends of the floor. Uh, somebody on the text line, 503-250-1080. The officiating was questionable. I feel like the NBA doesn't want the Blazers in the playoffs and they'll have to work extra hard to overcome the BS officials with an agenda. Uh, I The only thing I thought... That, and actually, I would totally disagree with that. Uh, apologies, but I, I thought they were kind of doing some playoff officiating for the most part. 
I mean, there are some pretty clear over the back fouls that were happening late that they just kind of let go. And I feel like they kind of have to do that with every single game going forward. Yeah. Until I, the playoffs. Like you, ha- this is, this is all playoff basketball at this point. Right. I, I would like to err on the side of just letting these guys play. Oh yeah. Um, there, there was, it's the product too. It makes a better product. Yeah. And I think that we, you know, the, the technicals, I agree, were kind of annoying and I don't, I think the foul calls for the most part were pretty tame. I, I, there were a number of instances where you see a guy drive the lane and the defender try to go straight up and there's clearly contact and they just let that go. Mm. I, I like that. The technicals seemed like they were a little bit kind of quick trigger, but I also think maybe that these refs knowing that this was the first game back for these guys, that, that was going to be, you know, there might be a little bit extra energy and a little extra juice. And they just want to make sure that it, they not nipped it in the bud, but that it didn't boil over into something too emotional. And I, I think that's what was behind it. Um, but I, but certainly reason to have some, some complaints about it. We got plenty more to talk about. There's so many elements. You started to talk about some of the other things in that poll, whether it's, whether it's Nurk, um, whether it is Damon CJ, what they had to do. We'll get into plenty it's more. Skinny I've got mellow, skinny, mellow, clutch, mellow. Also guys, playing some bigger, more significant roles than they had before. Zach Collins getting a ton of minutes. Mario Hazonia bringing the ball up the floor. I got, okay. I got questions about these things. Okay, yeah, and I, I I want to have ample time to tear into Mario Hazonia. Ooh, well, we will do that and much more coming up next. But first, Will is going to hit you with this SportsCenter update. The Fan. One foot over the line. Waylon Jennings up in the mix this morning on the center and the same. Welcome back. Ryan Buckley here with Will Darkins this morning. Talking some Blazers hoops here on 1080. The fan you can text us at 503-250-1080. As someone points out on that text line, those refs, they did call 60 fouls yesterday. Now, I don't even know what a normal number is in a game, but that does sound like a lot. I don't either. It just didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like Maybe the... Maybe because I was paying more attention, like like two minutes fourth quarter in overtime yeah and there weren't as many there i i don't think i yeah. don't know you know what i just go with my gut on these things well that's good i think you should like everything okay so i went with my gut in writing down a few notes about the game last night okay um also one of my favorite drops i have these notes but i gotta say i'm just fired up to be here today it's pretty cool pretty damn cool right steve Ballmer. Um, to think steve Ballmer might own tiktok here pretty soon he might because microsoft might yeah. buy it yeah well that's Can you if, imagine if tiktok survives <laughs> um but so i think we we covered a couple things that i did have in these notes i said they were way too sloppy i think we agreed that that was i mean that was really their only downfall yesterday i mean you could say you wanted some better maybe individual shooting performances from some people, but it seemed like they were mostly efficient offensively. They did a pretty good job defensively. They were really horrible with the basketball late in the third, early in the fourth. Um, I think that has to be cleaned up. We talked about the technical fouls and how it felt like those whistles came out a little bit early. Um, But I want to, I do want to get a little bit more into this Zach Collins talk, specifically starting with the Zach Collins sweatiness that, that you want to discuss. Yes. Tell me more. You want more Zach Collins sweatiness? Well, what is what is it that is significant about this? Uh, it's significant because of the fact that you, or, or or what you had said before in the last segment, is the fact that when you see Zach Collins on the floor before all this, he would get very, very sweaty. But it seemed like his hair would not relent. Like, it kept its form through all the sweatiness. And to me... That's absolutely incredible because most of the dudes. So for you, it's not as much about the sweatiness as it is about the personal grooming. It's the personal grooming and the fact that he just looks like he is undeterred by his own sweatiness. But for some reason yesterday, his hair got out of sorts when he started getting pissed and he started yelling and getting technicals for no reason. That seems only appropriate, though. I mean, your, your hair should start to get a little wild when you're getting teed up. Yeah, I mean, it should, but I don't know. I think it maybe helped him look like more of a tough guy. Because the fact that Zach Collins is kind of this gangly, big-ass white dude who, for the most part, like, when he does these things where, like, he's getting tough. Like, I can't take him too seriously. Right. I took him a little more seriously when I saw some fluff on his hair. Okay. A little bit more of that. So, Zach Collins. Speaking to Zach Collins, I I wasn't tremendously impressed. So, Zach Collins, though, started last night. He did. Yusuf Nurkic, well, yesterday afternoon, I should say. Yusuf Nurkic also started. 40% of your starting lineup you did not have for the majority of this season. Nurk, you haven't had 
for a really long time. What did you think about just the way that those guys played? Um, I'm not incredibly impressed by Zach Collins. I, I thought he was fine. I thought that actually he, he does work well in the starting lineup um, when you can bring some size to it. I think that's kind of cool. And I think that's a good addition. But I think what made that starting lineup so great was the counter to it uh, and what happened in overtime. Um, so you had Nurk foul out, right? Right. Okay. So Nurk fouls out. And then, by the way, I love the way Nurk uses his fouls. Most of them. Yeah. He makes them count. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, what you had in overtime was Portland doing a small ball lineup, or at least here's the air quotes, a small ball lineup that you thought was missing th so much throughout the season. And it was the fact that you had Dame CJ, Gary Trent Jr. And Carmelo Anthony all on the floor at the same time. And I think some of the uh, some of the people in NBC Sports Northwest made a good point when they were saying that it almost looked like Memphis couldn't keep up with that at a certain point. Like like they couldn't kind of they couldn't put people on those quick enough guards that it wore them down by uh, overtime. And you did see it like they had great transitional ball that went to the corner for Gary Trent Jr.'s three CJ's three at the very beginning of overtime. I, I just think that having that starting lineup out in the beginning where you have Collins, you have Nurk and you have a kind of bigger presence. There may be some strategy to the fact that they wear them down a little bit. Uh, it creates a good set defensive kind of physical tone in the beginning, but then you had this really awesome small ball lineup that changes it at the end when you got a score. So, I mean, I was cool with the lineup, just not terribly impressed by Zach Collins. Yeah. I, I think like you said, Zach Collins was fine. I, I, I tried to look more at him specifically yesterday. He did a couple nice things offensively. He had a, a huge um, kind of drive and kick on that three to Carmelo. That oh, was, yeah. that was a really yeah. big play just individually. I did. I did see one time he got switched off on a John Morant and was able to stay in front of him and, it wasn't like he did some bang up job defensively on John Morant all day, but we got stuck on an Island and did enough to not let him score. Mm. Um, but I was, I was really impressed with Nurk, like really impressed yeah. with him yesterday, considering the injury that he had, considering we haven't seen him play competitive basketball in like a year and a half. Um, not, I mean, he did all the things I would expect him to do inside buckets with a little bit of touch, uh, plenty of rebounding, but not just the big body thing on the defensive end. He had super active hands. He had a ton of deflections. I think he, they credit him with six blocked shots yesterday. He was a presence defensively. And I think sometimes, at least in my head, my, my thoughts about Nurk has been like really solid, but a little bit slow and plodding and maybe a liability at times if you're trying. And, you, you know, you didn't have him late for that small ball, but I thought what he did defensively for most of that game was really impressive. And when you look up and down the lineup for really like your six most significant role players from yesterday, which is your, your starting lineup plus Gary Trent jr. Now I know we had a little Hazonian Whiteside in there too, but uh, all those guys though, those six, the starters plus Gary Trent jr. They all basically did exactly what you want them to do or what they're supposed to do. Like Damon CJ hit big shots. Mello hit big shots. I mean, CJ and Dame really, sparked the, the the comeback the the offense that they needed you expect those guys to do that but nurk cleaned up glass he bodied people he 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 got deflections and then also he scored when those opportunities were given to him and then gary trent you need a guy to come in and hit big shots they've been looking for a a wing or perimeter type player Dude, that could just come on hood right they, they've, they've been looking, been looking for a replacement for, yeah. for that for so long and whether it was i mean you know they tried tried out kent Bazemore earlier this year that didn't work they tried out trevor reason I, I know that you know he's more of a defensive specialist but he's supposed to be a guy who can hit the three and that wasn't really happening if gary trent is that guy if he can come in and go four of five from three like he did i mean granted if he's shooting 80 percent, he'd be a freaking hall of famer but just hit a couple threes off the bench and you look at it and you're like everybody there is doing exactly what they're supposed to do and they came away with a win now the glass half empty side of that though is everyone did exactly what they're, what they're supposed to do and they still needed overtime to beat the eighth seed team i'm gonna kind of throw up a gimme on that I, and and I'm throwing. It is game one. I'm not saying yeah. that they're not ready to compete with other teams, but I'm also like, if you used all your horses, and this is the most. I mean, maybe you're just playing to the competition level, and that's fine. First game, you know, Memphis wants it too. It's not like they're just going to roll over for you. But I I also wonder what's going to happen when they play teams that have more talent, a lot more talent than Memphis. I, I think you're going to see more of the separation of talent once you actually get into legit playoffs. 
And I, I think there is a legitimate amount of rust that you can see. And, you know, you and I were talking about it before the show is that the most the most obvious point of rust was the lack of pick and roll defense. Like there were so many moments uh, yesterday where Memphis was running that pick and roll oop uh, to the basket and Nurk kind of was getting lost in the background and didn't see the trailer behind him or yeah. anything like like that kind of stuff during a regular season of basketball, you consider you're lazy. Right. You're lazy because you're not tracking your guy. Or you and fell asleep at the wheel. You're yeah, not you focused. fell asleep at the wheel. He got behind you. This, it's like, okay, they kind of forgot how to play defense. We assume that would happen. That's okay. What we didn't think would happen would be that there would be this much offensive output. Yeah. Now, I want to bring it up. I got to find it here in my alerts because I got one from ESPN, and it kind of blew my mind away. Uh, teams averaged 128 points Friday. That's the highest for a five plus game slate in NBA history. Wow. See the highest in NBA history, that much scoring that does surprise me. The one element about it that doesn't is I was listening to a a podcast that included like a gambling analyst and they were just asking him what kind of trends he would expect upon the restart. And a lot of people thought these guys are going to be rusty. We're going to see low scoring games. And that, and that was kind of the common thing. He went the other way and he said, listen, I think all these guys, they can work out on their own. They can work on their ball handling. They can work on their shooting. I mean, like a lot of them have personal trainers. They can work on their one-on-one games. What they didn't have for four months was working on team defense. Mm. And in a game where there's so many screens, so many pick and rolls, so much perimeter movement, and guys are constantly switching on to other people, he said what he thought was really going to suffer early was team defense and that it wasn't really going to be for a lack of effort, but because these guys really haven't been in the routine of communicating with each other in these yeah. tight moments, but also additionally, and this was, I thought was interesting too, that in an arena full of people that uh, the crowd often drowns out some of the defensive communication, but he thought, I think these guys are going to be a little bit self-conscious to be yelling out their defensive calls for the other team to hear them, that they're, they're not really used to that. Now, I don't know how much of a component that is, but I do think there's something in to the fact that these guys haven't been watching defensive game film, haven't been working on defense together in practice, and haven't had to defend another team five-on-five in a while. So we might continue to see these high scores. Well, and the fact that, like, NBA players hate playing defense. Well, that too. Like, the guys who are considered, like, good at defense, they're just doing that because they're bad at offense. Like, there's maybe a few guys, but that's an exception, like LeBron James. Yeah. But, like, yeah, no, dude. The guys that are, like, defensive specialists you know why they there. suck on offense. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you're here to do. And let me just, before we transition, I got to mention, can we please get Mario Hazonia off the floor? See, I was going to tease that, Will. Uh, I, I think we've got most of our Blazers talk in, in that, we really we covered the game. We've now covered wanna, the game. I want to gripe about this. Okay. Because what the hell? Why is that guy out there? Why, like, why is he out there at all? Or why are they letting him bring the ball up yes. the floor? Why didn't Anthony Simons play? He didn't play a single minute. Like, dude, just put Anthony Simons in. It's literally an improvement on Mario Hazonia. Is I it? Get, I get Mario Hazonia is taller, right? Bigger body. But it doesn't matter if he's bigger and he sucks at basketball. Like, dude, that guy sucks. And it's one of those situations where, like, he's a good guy, right? Like, he he tweets some pretty good stuff, and he seems like a really good interview. He's nice. But screw that guy when he gets on the court because he looks completely lost. It is so annoying. It's the same thing we had with Myers Leonard where people want to like him because he's, like, this affable guy outside of the court and he's got a good Twitter follow and his wife's really funny and they had this dog and the dog died, but he's just not good enough at basketball yeah, but for he you sucks at basketball. <laughs> so I can't, I can't accept him being a nice guy. Can't accept it with Mario Hazonia either. I don't know that I'm going to defend Mario Hazonia to the death, but I hope you don't, but I think there are some things about what he did yesterday that are defensible. We'll get into that a little bit later. We do have plenty more Blazers talk coming up. Um, We'll also get into Pac-12 football, Major League Baseball. But next, we've got Good versus Evil coming up on 1080, The Fan. Tony Spezza here with AAA Heating and Cooling. Do you know that this time of year is the best time of year to buy an air conditioner? Our deals are as outrageous as our radio spots. If you use AAA Heating and Cooling, all 
all your wildest dreams will come true. Vote for Pedro. Visit AAA Heating and Cooling at AAIAQ.com. CCB number 222. What do you say? AAA Heating and Cooling. Auto manufacturer specifications and recommendations. What exactly does that mean? At LAFE's Auto Collision Centers, it is the only way to repair a vehicle to pre-loss condition. It means choosing to do what's right over what's convenient. You see, in our industry, the insurance company controls who gets recommended. It costs more to do it right. Insurers want it done cheap, corners cut. This is why LAFE's will not be a part of any insurance program. We serve you, not the insurer. 30 years, family owned, the finest in collision repair. Are you curious about who offers the best deals on top-rated Samsung, LG, and Sony TVs? The answer is surprising. It's not online, and it's not the warehouse clubs. The best deals on top-rated TVs are at video only. Don't believe it? Then check out the trade-in deals at video only. How about $500 for your old TV? Try doing that online. Before you buy that new TV, drop into video only. If you don't, you'll be sorry. She, she, she serves too. Women make up about 16% of the American Armed Forces, and they've got a story to tell. From what it's like to wear the nation's military uniform and break glass ceilings while in the military, to transitioning to civilian life when their tour of duty is complete. Stay connected to the unique perspective of female veterans at ConnectingVets.com. Whether you were a soldier, sailor, airman, or marine. ConnectingVets.com. Morning. How'd you get in my house, E? Through the air conditioning vent. It's dark in there. Go away. How about some Honey Nut Cheerios? Cheerios. Do I look like a child to you? Honey Nut Cheerios are tasty and can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. Mmm. Did you just mmm? No. I'm pretty sure I heard a mmm. It was my dryer. You might want to get that thing checked out. Have a change of heart. Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about Honey Nut Cheerios by picking up a box at your local store. Indeed knows that for any business, your next step is the most important one, like hiring someone who can make a real impact. Indeed can help you find high-impact hires faster, without any long-term contracts, and you pay only for what you need, thanks to our super-flexible payment options. So why not take that next step with Indeed? Get started with a free $75 credit for your first job post and get in front of more quality candidates. Go to Indeed.com slash high-impact. That's Indeed.com slash high-impact. Terms and conditions apply. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Tonight in Major League Baseball, Greeny, a full 20% of the games are not going to be going on. This brings up questions about the viability of the season and about just how much Major League Baseball is willing to stomach in terms of positive tests and keep on going. That's man who knows about your pseudo-sexual experience with your buddy at summer camp that one time in eighth grade, Jeff Passan. The MLB continues to make headlines for all the wrong reasons as the Cardinals reported two more players have tested positive for coronavirus. This, of course, caused their game with the Brewers to be postponed. Cardinals are now scheduled to play the Brewers today and then play one of those doubleheaders on Sunday. What do you think is going to happen next? What do I think is going to happen next is they're going to cancel today's game if they haven't already. So you're saying they have not canceled today's game? I think maybe they have. Oh, I think I think they will not be playing this weekend. <laughs> I should know that. I don't. I don't think they will be playing this weekend, and I think baseball's in some trouble here. Yeah, Saturday's getting postponed. Okay, so here's the thing. I thought that we were there. You heard about taxi squads and how everyone was going to have like a bunch of backups. The problem is if the virus is actively making its way through your clubhouse, just getting rid of the ones who've already tested positive and not the ones who are going to test positive, that's not going to work. So. I'm a little concerned about what we see on Monday morning from the league offices. Yeah. Baseball ain't going to finish. Huh? We wish we could have played him down the stretch, but, uh, you know, he had used the minutes that was uh, that was given to us. So, uh, you know, that's just 
you know, that's the way it is. I mean, we weren't going to stick him back out there. Uh, you know, our medical people said that uh, we played him in the, in the minutes that was allowed uh, us to play him, and, uh, you know, we'll just move on. That's guy who always seems like he can't be bothered, Alvin Gentry. The NBA has hogged most media coverage concerning the return of sports amid the coronavirus pandemic. The early game Thursday night saw Utah come back in the fourth quarter and beat New Orleans by two points. Pelicans are merely in this restart in an attempt to get Zion Williamson into the playoffs for a potential seven-game series versus LeBron James and the Lakers. Williamson played just 15 minutes in the loss to Utah. If injury concerns are this prevalent for the young star already, does the NBA look kind of silly doing this? If the injury concerns are significant enough, then I don't think he should be playing at all. But I don't know what difference 15 minutes is going to make versus 18 minutes. And that's kind of what I thought. Too. And if you're in a restart where you have eight games to make the playoffs and you have the number one pick in the draft and he's your best shot at helping you get there and he's on the bench in the last three minutes of a one possession game, you've got a real problem. Yeah, I I didn't quite understand this whole minutes thing, considering that you might are, only be playing eight games. I, to to me, it, it totally gets to the whole idea that the NBA is still embracing the uh, trust the process culture, which is like uh, I'm waiting down the line. Tell uh, you what, I'm waiting down the line. The Pelicans medical staff doing the Blazers some favors if they're only going to play Zion 15 minutes a game. Oh yeah. Got to like the Blazers' chances to at least finish ahead of them. Oh, yeah. I'm totally fine with that. I think there's just some point where, and I get it, he's in his first season, but like. So either don't play him or let him yes, play. Or, yes. or give him a restriction that's more, that is flexible to the game situation. Dude, but just Blake Griffin. Just, but just him call not, his rookie, you're good. Sure, but him not playing down the stretch is what you can't have happen. Yeah. Then don't start him and let him play late. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I'm in the latter end of my career, so I, you know, I, wanted, I wanted to play football, but. When it comes down to it, I feel just money is not that important. You know, my family, I have a, a girlfriend that's pregnant, coming, coming, baby girl coming soon. My son has a little asthma. My dad, you know, he's 75 years old. So I just felt like this was the best decision, you know, for my family to, you know, keep everyone safe. That's dude I don't like because he played for my school's rival. And as Buck would like to point out, noted cocaine user, Patrick Chung, six New England Patriots have now opted out of the upcoming NFL season due to safety concerns regarding the coronavirus. Among them are names like Donta Hightower and former Oregon star Patrick Chung, who you just heard there. Two-part question. One, how bad do you see these opt-outs hurting the Patriots, like as a team? Two, will a starting NFL quarterback opt out of the season due to the virus? Uh, let's see. The first question, how bad will it affect the Patriots? I will say yeah, like not as... Kind of thing. Okay. Mm. I, I think I can only look at it from like the relative standpoint of not as bad as it would hurt other teams. You know, I figure like they have a way... They will have a way of figuring it out. I don't think the division, the competition in their division is still all that tough. So I, wins and losses wise, maybe it costs them a game or two, but I, I don't think... It's more than that. I think for other teams, it could be five or six. For them, I think it's probably one or two. And then what, what the second question was... Well, a starting NFL quarterback no. opt-out. No, my, my answer... You really that, don't think so? I think... You don't think unless, Nick Foles will opt-out? Unless there is a situation that we know of, of a medical or family situation, like newborn kid, history of asthma, right. parent going through cancer so, treatments. So you're saying there will not be any preventative opt-outs? Correct. Like, so, my, somebody might opt-out because of what you're saying right. like hey my wife tested positive but just saying or, hey i don't i don't think this is quite safe or I, i'm not feeling this season i don't think a starting quarterback will do that no i don't know man what do you think who do you think will I, i'd like to think nick Foles would do it he's starting in jacksonville isn't he uh no he he's fighting for mitch trubisky for the job in chicago oh that's right you know what's happening to me too i'm having all these like Oh, I forgot moments in sports. And two of them. Oh, that's happened. right. Yeah. Two of them happened in the NBA so far for me. And I go, oh, I forgot Mike Conley's on the jazz. That happened. I can't remember who it happened to me with, but I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Kemba Walker. I'm like, Kemba Walker's on the Celtics now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then, oh, yeah. Grayson Allen plays in the NBA. <laughs> it wasn't even the Grizzlies. Dude, it was, was he tripping anybody? Oh, my gosh. He's actually in the NBA. That's super weird. 
Uh, all right, so it's time for my favorite story of the week, and this one comes from the United Kingdom. Your headline, man who lost penis to blood infection, has a new one built on his arm. Yeah. I actually investigated a lot about this story yesterday during Weekend Would You Rather with Dusty and Cam. Is this, it because you lost your penis and you need a new one? No, because I needed to ask them whether, like this man, they would be willing, willing to have a new penis grow on their forearm for four years before that they could actually put it back on his area below the belt. Yeah, I would. Actually, I've thought about this because <laughs> I saw have. the story last night okay. and I literally just didn't stop thinking about it for an hour. I would totally get a penis put on my arm. Yeah. Would you uh, Would you wear mostly long sleeves like him, or would you have that no. thing flopping out? No, I would have that thing flopping out because, I, to be quite honest, this is a power move. Like, nobody is going to interrupt me or get in my face about anything if I have a penis on my arm. Like, <laughs> okay. seriously, think about that. If you and I, like this morning, right, let's say this morning you came in like you did, like, you know, uh, and you're like, hey, you know, what's going on? What are we going to do for the show? And as I kind of rolled my chair over, and exposed my forearm a a a let's let's be honest eight inch eight inch phallic object just plopped right out like i control the conversation right uh clearly you control the conversation that i don't know if i would consider that a power move it's but... a power move like you're not yeah. going to question anything that i have to say at that point no, probably not. I mean, whew. that's a big twinkie. Uh, this guy, Malcolm McDonald, 45. He's oh, you know what? I named that category of would you pa would you rather old McDonald had a penis. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, here's, here's my question for you. Yeah. I read in the article he's decided to add two inches to his member. <laughs> if you were growing a new penis on your arm, what would you choose to do? Well, I don't know, man. Ten inches. That's a lot. I don't know how to transition back into sports, but we will talk about I, that. I'm just saying, man, like, come on, a foot. That's pretty scary. Adding two more inches on. Yeah. Like, I want to I want to control conversations. I don't want to scare people. But I, I guess if you're going to have a new one, it might as well be the one you want. Does this kid, does this guy have a kid? Because I don't know. That's get, that gets really awkward. I don't know. That's the only situation where I could see this really do. Also, I would like to know, is it functioning? Although you said you think it would be like a, it would make you a more powerful force in conversation. Apparently it drove him to drinking and depression while he had this penis attached to his arm for four years. Yeah. Like you couldn't grow it anywhere else. I don't know. Like stomach? <laughs> I, I or your don't. neck? A I'll, neck penis? I'll, I'll <laughs> let you investigate this. Could over you imagine? I'll let you investigate this over the break. Like, what if, if you, you have ideas of where to grow a new was, one, you, you got aroused in your neck. Like, how would that work? Would you have uh, to tilt it? Again, I think I'll let you figure that one out in the break. We do need to get back to sports here on the center in the safe. You're listening to 1080 The Fan. Text us your thoughts on anything Will just said, but also Blazers, MLB, Pac-12 football. How do you see all of this playing out the rest of the way? You're listening to The Center in the Saint on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.